Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicky and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics. And joining me to look at such a classic this week from Primates, it's Evan Munro-Smith and Matt Stewart. It is so good to be back with the chook, back in the hen house. That's right, we've got the Primates boys in the hen house with the book chook. (laughs) (laughs) Feels good. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's like an eccentric... Zoo owner has uh, plucked us out of obscurity, put us in a little pod studio. I wouldn't be surprised if these aren't two-way mirrors, one-way mirrors. (laughs) There's no mirrors. (laughs) No-way mirrors. You know, I reckon these are see-through on the other side. Is what I'm saying. I reckon. I reckon rich. Rich Texas men are on the other side of these walls gawking at us right, right. now right. in our natural habitat. And as opposed to mirrorless mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is a camera right there. They wouldn't have to go to the effort of... Yeah, well, that's, they're, they're wily, aren't yeah. they? That lulls you. That's a red herring. <laughs> yeah, that makes you feel safe. <laughs> well, Evan, why is there a, a camera pointing at us? We're in the uh, podcast studio at Stupid Old Studios. Yeah, well, we had the hair-brained idea to, um, to put a camera in the podcast studio, and then we went and did it. Fantastic. So who's watching us right now? Well, uh, I, I assume nobody. Uh, is there a level um, on the Do Go On Patreon, Matt, where people can watch us <laughs> without our knowledge? Uh, yeah, that's quite a high level. <laughs> <laughs> just so high we don't even know about it's it. technically possible. You can get into the stupid old studio's camera, uh, security cameras and yeah, watch with Yeah, into our network. That's right. We'll give you the password <laughs> for a certain price. But thanks for coming back. Team, it's been a little while. Last time, uh, we've just started today as time recording. It's a new financial year, obviously. Oh, yeah. oh, happy so happy, happy EFS. Um, <laughs> the last time we were together, we were, of course, doing the Book Cheat Christmas special. Yes, has it been that long? Yes, a, a Poirot episode. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was great. I love that Agatha story. Agatha Christie, the magic uh, Christmas pudding, I yeah, should say. Yeah, I got right into Poirot after that. Yeah. Really? The TV show or the books? The TV show. Great. So you, you've been watching a lot of that? Yeah. I, so I signed up to Acorn. Oh, <laughs> Did you use the book cheat code? No. Oh, oh my god! It was a code. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Great What's sponsors the, of the show. I'm paying full price. <laughs> <laughs> Good value. Good value at any price. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Great product. Uh, I'm on there. I'm also on I there. Mean, literally all I'm watching is Pyro, so I don't know if it is good value. But no, because there's so many on there. I've oh, yeah. borrowed the DVD box set. <laughs> okay. Which is... Smart it is smart in some ways, but I reckon I'd pay for someone to not have to <laughs> find the DVD player plug every time I want to watch, which I also use for uh, various other appliances. It's an old, like, jug plug or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, yeah, I really think the Acorn fee is worth it. Yeah, find yeah. the cable, find the right disc. Yes. What are you up to? Like, it's the weirdest, like, 
<laughs> Somehow it looks older than DVDs, the home screen of a DVD. <laughs> they do, you know how it looks like a, like Microsoft and Carter or something, you know, it looks, mm. it probably is that sort of Is age. there any um, behind the scenes extras with Mr. Suchet? Oh. I don't think there are. I don't think there's any. It's just the episodes, but I um, enjoy it all the same. But I, th- I really think I'm going to make, I'm going to splash out. <laughs> And what's your code? I'm guessing it's... Uh, book cheat. Book cheat, okay. I can't remember That's that. That's easy. I should do Did it. Did they pay for this one? Uh, I actually don't... <laughs> I don't think so. So um, That's how much you believe <laughs> in the product. <laughs> <laughs> but great to have you guys back. Um, it's been a while. Have you been reading anything over the last few months, Evan mm. or Matt? Or, or listening to something? I know, Matt, you're a big yes. uh, audiobook consumer. I get... I love... Uh, I don't know. Do they, they also sponsor you? Uh, yes, Audible does I, as well. I also love Audible, uh, um, <laughs> and I get yeah, you, your subscription comes with one credit each month, and I always grab one. At the moment, I'm listening to Bill Bryson's Notes from a Small Island, which is about his travels around uh, Great Britain before he was heading back home to America. I think it was written in 1995. It's a real snapshot of, and he's whinging about how times have changed then. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I imagine how he'd feel now. <laughs> Um, yeah, it is. It's a. Uh, I, I sort of use it to get to sleep. To be honest, it's just. It's just like is there's some a... bits that are dated pretty badly, but I, I enjoy hearing a, a sort of a slightly grumpy, <laughs> yeah. kind of acerbic <laughs> guy cruising around. And but he also tells some great stories from his past in there, working for newspapers and stuff. I've been enjoying that a bit. Hmm. But I also I've been reading a, reading a physical book with my eyes. With your well. eyes, yeah. Wow. Kurt Vonnegut's uh, Breakfast of Champions. Oh, which fantastic! Is, uh, I think from like the mid seventies or something. And it's uh, it's oh, like I like his style. There's some stuff in that as well. You're like, whoa, <laughs> this is from a different time. But yeah, it's hard. <laughs> is uh, Bill Bryson going to read the audiobook? Uh, yeah, he doesn't even read his own. But I'm sure he's read, <laughs> he read, read, read Kurt's stuff. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't even read his own. Come on, man. Yeah, but the guy who reads it is pretty good, I think. Although I played some of it for you before, Dave, and you <laughs> said his voice was was hard to listen to. Ooh, I disagree. Though you were uh, playing a bit where it was very, very funny. What the, I, the intonation, the so delivery funny. was very funny. I've seen the top of your head. Talking <laughs> <laughs> like about how he loves being on a double-decker bus because he can see the tops of people's heads. And then when they come on the bus, he looks at them as if to say, I just saw the top of your head. <laughs> so weird. That, that delivery is very accurate to what yeah, that right. sounds like. It's, it's very amusing. I like it. Uh, how about you? Haven't you been listening, reading? No, not really at all. I'm not really a book person. Well, you come to the right place. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm going to tell you about one so you don't have to bother. Yeah, it's very handy. And uh, to be honest, it's not actually book cheat this week. Oh. Recently, I've uh, branched out. I've done poetry cheat. Uh-huh. And for now, the first ever time, welcome back. Hang on. <laughs> well, welcome to. The first ever time, welcome back. <laughs> well, welcome this, to. What is this going on? <laughs> the book chook's losing the plot. <laughs> welcome to. And let me introduce you to. Two. <laughs> opera cheat. Oh. It is opera cheat this week. I've read a very famous opera and I'm going to tell you all about it. I listen to books, you read operas. The world's gone mad. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Topsy turvy. What is happening? Uh, before I, I reveal which one it is, you, do either of you know much about opera? Ever seen one? Ever read one? No. N- no. Neither. I know the saying it ain't over until. The lady sings or whatever it is. Yes. Does that normally happen? Someone sings at the end and that's how you know it's over? 
Yes, all the curtain comes down. Okay. Right. The house I think lights come be on. singing at the start as well. Yeah, oh, right. right. I mean, I don't know much about How confusing would that be? <laughs> the house music comes on, they say, please leave. <laughs> and they think of that as singing. <laughs> the rest is spoken. Yep. In the yep. world of opera, singing is speaking, speaking <laughs> is singing. It's very confusing. Uh, so I've uh, never seen an opera in real life, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say that. I've just. Um, <laughs> I mean, I haven't either. Have um, you, Matt, ever seen it? No. I don't I just, think so. Just don't feel like, you know, you go when out... When would for, I have? Are you on a night at the opera? It's a bit... Oh, I feel the, like the, the Queen. Queen album. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit out of vogue, isn't it? What, but they are still on. They're on, on a lot. You know, you can go and see operas in Melbourne. That's true. During the year, we're an artistic city, but I've just... Uh, I never get out and, uh, out and amongst it. So um, in case you're an opera virgin like me, I thought I could spend a bit of time... Breaking down what an opera is and kind of how they usually work. I will say, Dave, I've watched many episodes of Frasier where he and his brother Niles go to the opera. It's fantastic. I'm sure Evan has too because you're a big Frasier fan. Yes, I have. Uh, I've also watched uh, Star Wars, which people describe as a space a opera. Space fantastic. opera. Okay. Yeah, I've so, seen Star Wars. Um, so it would be interesting to hear what an opera is to help me get my head around what that means. I'm, a, I'm afraid to say there will be no lightsabers in the story <laughs> I tell you today, which is very disappointing. Oh. Uh, but the opera I'm going to tell you about is La Boheme. I've heard of this. That's good. That's great. It's, it's an opera in four acts. It's composed by Giacomo Puccini. Uh-huh. Puccini, very famous name very in the world of opera. Name, yes. Yes, it was uh, composed between 1893 and 1895 to an Italian libretto, which we'll get to, I'll explain what that is, by Luigi uh, Ilaca and Giuseppe Giacosa, based on uh, Scenes of Bohemian Life, written in 1851 by Henri Merger. Yeah, right. So they've taken that, that book, they've adapted it to an opera, and now I've taken that opera and adapted it to a podcast. <laughs> I love this. That's what we're doing right. today. And nothing will be lost in translation. No, I'm sure it won't be. That's right. So they wrote it. It is uh, written in Italian. And so, so what, what year did you say this was? 18... 1895. Yeah, right. 1895. Um, that is a good year. Yes. The VFL uh, football competition uh, was about to commence in 1897. So, wow. Just, I mean, there would have been anticipation <laughs> around that, I think. Do you say that, like, if someone said 1850, you're like, well, just, uh, just a sh- less than half a less century later. Less than half a century away. Which, yeah, in the right. scheme of the Little history of planet know. Earth, that's nothing. Yeah, well, no, I, I mean, even closer than if 1950, we're only 23 years away from the St Kilda Football Club forming in 1873, which is the team that Evan and I both support. Uh, yes. Is that true, Evan? Uh, we support it at different levels. Um <laughs> I uh, I mean, you know, if you ask like a me, different Patreon level, like what's <laughs> going on here? Yeah, Matt's Matt's a big fan. I uh, you know, if you ask me, I don't really follow football, but if you ask me, I would say I support St Kilda and a little bit of Geelong. That's just the family teams, you know. Okay. At the moment, I'd switch that ratio over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not Ge- doing so well. Uh, well, last weekend Saints won, Cats lost, but. The rest of the year, it's sort of been the reverse of that. <laughs> but that's that's pretty typical, though, right? Yeah. Fair well, to say. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only, <laughs> gets only for the last ten, ten or so years. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, no, actually, longer than that. <laughs> the last fifty plus yeah. years. But as we yeah. said, a century, half a century, not that long a time. Exactly. It's so flying my, by. My my dad likes supporting St Kilda because they're the underdog. That's that's yeah. the same as you, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's that's more a big thrilling part of it. to support an underdog. Yeah, it's more thrilling to watch your team lose every week. <laughs> 
<laughs> what's thrilling when they win? Yes. And you're building something with them. There's more ups and downs. Yeah. Right. Not the fucking the top end of town, who you probably support, Dave. <laughs> Hawthorne or something. Western Bulldogs is my team growing oh, up. Okay, fair enough. Another underdog team. Well, yeah, there you go. Literally the dogs. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I picked them because I liked dogs when I was a kid, when I was five. So I like go. dogs. I like dogs. Well, there you go. Well, I like saints. Are you going to support Richmond like the rest of the family? No, I like dogs. Well done. But we're talking about football here. It's opera time, guys. All right. Right. Let's yes. get, in, get on board. Well, yeah, football is like the fields. people's opera. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> So the year is 1895, is that what you said? Yes, but I found this very basic definition on the English National Opera website about what opera is. Oh, great. That's a great place to start. Uh, opera, the Italian for work, which I didn't know. Oh, already okay. learned something, is an art form that tells a story through music and singing. Unlike a musical, opera singers do not use microphones to amplify their voices, and the music, played by the orchestra, is completely live. Right. That's, yeah. So that has to happen for it to be an opera. Yeah, I guess so. Um, which is kind of imp- impressive, but also you kind of like, I mean, just mic up <laughs> yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, because that would be from before microphones, right? Yeah, because they've been around a, while, a very long time. The first public opera house opened in Venice in 1637. Right. So no no microphones back then. Yeah, it is sometimes you, people stick with old things and they go, yeah, this is high class, this is real yeah. proper stuff. You're yeah. like, oh, but in a lot of ways it's just old stuff. Because, like, theatre would have been not amplified at the time because there yep. were, there, the technology didn't exist, but then the to- technology came in to, you know, and, and mic them up and amplify them and stuff, and, and that they, they obviously embraced that, but opera didn't. But I guess, I guess opera didn't need to. No, because they, it's they, part of the form that yeah, they used famously their powerful voices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your face was very operatic, yeah. man. Seriously, it's what you want. I look more operatic than I sound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but is it also part of like the venue as well, like the theatres for opera, like the Opera House, for example, the famous uh, Sydney landmark? Oh, like yeah, where Crowded House played the former show. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but I, I think but they're, they're designed for it. Like, but isn't that that thing where Sydney Opera House isn't actually big enough for a full orchestra? Like they, oh, yeah, because they, they 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 sort of cheaped out on the inside. The, right. the guy who designed it, they he got sacked halfway through or something, and they never finished his. So they des- the outside looks as designed, but the inside was not as as uh, set out properly. Yeah, right. Something. That is uh, Jorn Utzon. Jorn Utzon, my man. <laughs> I'm not saying tr- you know throw out all traditions, but it does feel like sometimes you go, hey, <laughs> this that was only a thing for a reason <clears> back then. Now, we, you don't need that reason anymore. Yeah. If you want a mic, have a mic. <laughs> but also, you know, like, it's... Um, I find it funny when, you know, they go, oh, Shakespeare, it's the, it's the proper theatre and that sort of stuff. But it, in the day, wasn't it like the equ- equivalent of a blockbuster movie sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it was appealing to the masses. It was for the masses, and now it's like, no, no, it's hoity-toity sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... It's like it's not what it was meant to yeah, be. Yeah, but 400 years from now, Sharknado will be enjoyed. <laughs> but, A classic film. Um, yes. Beautiful. Uh, most opera singers fall into certain voice types, which helps them to be cast in roles. A singer's voice type not only depends on their vocal range, but also the quality and power of their voice. Ah. Although there are many different voice types, here's seven of the most common. Uh, for female singers, the main voice types are soprano. Gabagoo. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, that right? 
That was very I funny. haven't seen that show, but I, whenever people talk about <laughs> Sopranos, they say that. They always talk about the gobble Right. Uh, the, the Sopranos is the highest voice type for female singers. Then there's mezzo-soprano, which is lower than soprano. Then there's contralto slash alto, which is the lowest female voice. Right. Then there's male singers whose main voice types are counter tenor. That's the highest in the male voice range. This also falls within a, wom- a woman's voice range. Then there's tenor, most oft- often the highest male voice in an opera. So it's not like counter tenor. That's Pavarotti. Seems one right. of the three tenors. Is that what he was? Yeah, he's one of the three tenors. Yeah, three yeah. tenors, yeah. Then there's the Australian ten tenors. Remember they were? Ten tenors. Yeah, the ten what? tenors. No, they're quite, no. a, quite a big. They, they're pretty big. It's a lot of tenors. <laughs> yeah. 100 tenor. Do you need that many? They used to, I don't know if they really, I haven't heard in a long time, but I had some friends who used to call $10 notes Pavarotti's. <laughs> Chuck is a Pavarotti. <laughs> That's funny. I like That's it. A bit of fun. Uh, then there's uh, baritone, most common male voice in an opera. <laughs> well, I'm hoping you're going to save a little bit because then there's bass below that. <laughs> <which> <laughs> He's pulling the horn. International sound for the horn. Uh, that comes from the Italian word basso. Ba- probably not so pronounced. Basso, which means low. Oh. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's the same, right? All the, it's funny when you go, oh, uh, the baritone, the basso. And you go, oh, that just means low. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the low singer. You know? low. Give it to me. I'll, give it to me. I'll do the low. I'll do the low one. <laughs> is mezzo what was the mezzo one mezzo soprano and that's the middle one is that like is, does that come from the same place as mezzanine Ooh. is this uh <laughs> is this a language cheat it can be Fantastic. let me look at mezzo meaning mezzo meaning mezzo uh is mezzo spelt with a Z? M-E-double-Z-O. It just comes yeah. up with a female singer with a voice pitched between soprano and contralto. Though. Oh, right. Okay. Contralto. Yeah, I'm cool. sure there'd be some sort of similar etymology there. Then we get to, speaking of words, the libretto. Ah, oh, libretto. That's Sounds like a coffee. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> uh, that's the words of the opera. Libretto means... Oh, the lyrics. It, yeah, and it means little book in Italian. Oh, ah. Okay. I, I just remembered, Dave, I interviewed an opera singer for The Beer Pioneer. Oh, on, great. On episode one, if people check it out, the the back end of it. I mean, watch the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a time code. Uh, yeah. But if... Uh, at the end, the last few minutes, and it and he takes me through some vocal warm ups, and I'm trying to go. It's uh, it's, it was pretty hectic. It came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, we're going. But it's interesting. It's like because you, you were talking about how the the sound sort of like travels through your yeah, the vibrations uh, or something in the harm. What was it? Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, it's like it's got it's got a. I, I don't know. There's nothing technical about where. Yeah. where oh, the, it's a um, seriously specialised skill. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just about you know singing a, a note in a certain way. It's like c- coming up with the these vocalizations that come through your nose or something. I don't know. I don't think we put his um, like his his uh, his career things things he <laughs> achieved. What am I saying? C- uh, credits. Credits. Uh, we didn't put his credits up or anything, but he was telling me off air that. Like, he worked for decades in Europe. He was, like, a professional opera singer 
And that, that was all he did. He was just this Aussie guy now. He just lives down the Mornington. Yeah, right. That's great. Yeah. And when you were interviewing him, did he refuse to be mic'd up? Yeah, he refused. Yeah. <laughs> Microphones? No, thanks. It's like, well, the, the camera doesn't really... <laughs> no, no, people at no, home no, will hear, hear this. Hear, <laughs> wherever hear this they live. Are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when are you playing it? I'll just sing live. Because yeah. <laughs> he, he wrote a an opera about William Buckley, which is what the... Oh, yeah, that's that so cool. Time, yeah. Now, most operas are sung through, meaning that they sing all of the libretto and uh, most have little spoken dialogue. Mm. So, you know, like when you're watching a musical, sometimes they they drop and they start talking, but then there's other musicals, <laughs> thinking like Jesus Christ Superstar or something, where they just sing the whole thing. Yeah, yeah I don't love that, to be honest. Yeah, no. well, they do that. I but don't love singing dialogue. No, that, but imagine that, awkward. but in Italian. Right, okay. I'm on board now. <laughs> <laughs> I did four years of Italian. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I want. I actually thought, who should I get in to talk about this? And then I remembered my friend Matt Stewart, who's done four years of Italian, and also who's one sixteenth Swiss Italian. Yeah, that's right. So, so I thought this maybe is you could... in my blood. That's why I thought you'd come in. I'm really uh, thankful you haven't been uh, correcting me on my pronunciation so far, because I know how offensive this must be to your ears. Uh, bueno, bueno, bueno. bueno. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the libretto for. La Boheme was written by uh, Luigi Iraca and Giuseppe Giacosa. So everyone's always uh, talking about how the music is. Music is Puccini, but and they say this opera by Puccini. But the the lyrics or the the words that I that I've read here have actually written by those two guys. So yeah, right. Credit where credits due. Okay, sure. Um, it's like the Lion King. And then Elton John did the songs. Yes. And <laughs> did Bernie um, do the? I don't know. Topman. I didn't have the information to finish. Did that. Tim Rice? He had something oh, to do with Tim it. Tim Rice. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Now is he the guy who played Frankenfurter? <laughs> that's Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Tim Rice. Tim Curry. Tim Rice. <laughs> Tim Curry. Tim Rice. You got to okay. combine those two one day. Yes. If they haven't already. Jeez, <laughs> what a combination. Tim Curry. Tim Rice. <laughs> I mean, not on your own, you've got a couple of great dishes, yeah. but bring them together, you're in heaven. Oh, my goodness. That's that's a, a banquet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was looking into libretto, dummies.com had this fact, which relates <laughs> to this. trust them. <laughs> Honestly, I don't, because this this actually relates uh, to this week's episode of Do Go On, which Matt did a report on The Wizard of Oz. Yes, and, and uh, there's a, uh, a primates coming out of right. one of special primates about uh, the Wizard of Oz and those damn flying monkeys. So the three of us will be on that episode, so mm. check out the primates feed and the Dugoon feed. So in a way, this episode does relate to that because of this fact that I read on dummies.com. It said, in pop music, the writer of the lyrics is often forgotten. Quick, who wrote the words to Somewhere Over the Rainbow? Oh. And it says, in fact, we often don't even know the composer's name. But we sure do remember Judy Garland as the singer. That's true. That's true. But then oh, um, he had a great I mean, name as well. But then I, I did look it up, and it is very well known because they're a very famous songwriter. It's uh, Yip Harburg. Yip Harburg oh, wrote, wrote the lyrics. So that, I felt like that. Was... It's not a great example, really. No, because Judy Garland is a, a famous film actress. Mm. So it's a it's a you know yeah, I it's a bit different. So I feel like Dummies dot com. They're the dummies. Yeah, right. more it'll be like uh, who sat, who wrote Kaysan by Cold Chisel, mm-hmm. and oh, there'd yeah. be some people who'd be like, "Well, I know Jimmy Barnes sings it, right?" But I think I think more people would know Dom Walker wrote it than probably know the guy you Yip just Harburg. said, Yip Harburg. Yeah, right. 
There you go. So anyway, in, in my circles, maybe I just included that. So this is technically in the the, the triangle yes. of Wizard of Oz. It's a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's get to Lobo M. Now it's in four acts. Uh-huh. Um, now I'm reading. I'm basing this on the English translation at Opera hyphen arias.com where you can read it also if you like. I'll put a link in the description of this episode. It's quite a quite a quick read. Like most Chill operas, it's it's best ingested red. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Is an aria just a just a, what what a song is in in is is it? I think it's a certain kind of song, isn't it? A kind of song in yeah. an opera. Yeah. Gosh, I've got to get to dummies.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we should, we probably should move on to what the actual opera is. Um it's just a curious question. Oh, I mean, it's a great question. I'd love to tell you the answer. Evan, while Dave's looking that up, can you remember what, what opera this is about? Uh, he... La Bohème. Oh, La Bohème. Yeah, I've heard of that. La Bohème. Right. Because it's about the Bohemians. And, the, and so the that means... Bohemians. Yes, that's what that means. The yes. Well, so you do know a lot about this, Evan. I've, I'm an opera expert, actually. Yes. Uh, well, I knew and I did, Bohemia yeah. was a region of, like, <clears throat> the Czech Republic, right? Or or Central Europe? Uh, Bohemia? Yeah, definitely in that, that region, I don't know. for sure. But it's talking about, um, uh, I mean, there was a Queen song, right? Uh, <laughs> a Rhapsody, I Yes. <laughs> it was a kingdom in the Holy Roman Empire. What is the difference between an aria and a rhapsody? Well, let me explain. <laughs> that, uh, an aria is a self-contained piece for solo voice, usually accompanied by an orchestra. Right. All right. Is, so it, rather is that an them... opera-specific thing? or? Um... Yeah, uh, yes, it's because in opera, arias most... Mostly appear during a pause and dramatic action when a character is reflecting on their emotions. Yeah, right. It's a it's bit like, like, like a monologue. Yeah, yeah it's right. A, a monologue uh, and a side to the audience to be like, "Oh, woe is me," etc., etc. Mm, yeah, yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> Do you rather? I uh, always remember. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, act one. Who wrote the lyrics? Because <laughs> you're often get forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the, it, which is our first tableau or Act One. Which is, it's, this is the stage directions. A garret with a large window looking out over the snow-covered roofs of Paris. Garrett is like a, an attic type Singer thing. of uh, Midnight Oil. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Peter Garrett is dancing up a storm. <laughs> uh, over the snow-covered roofs of Paris, it is Christmas Eve. Another Christmas special. Oh, yeah, wow. Oh, here we are. Oh, what are we doing? Christmas, Christmas in July. <laughs> <laughs> now, I always start with the opening line. And it comes from uh, Marcello, who was a painter. Mm-hmm. And it says, who was trying to paint? And he says, this Red Sea freezes me into numbness as if water were falling on me, drop by drop. To revenge myself, I'll make Pharaoh drown. And then to Rodolfo, who's in the room with him, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> uh, so Rodolfo is a poet. Marcello is a painter. And he speaks to his friend, Rodolfo. They both complain about their bitterly cold attic that they're hanging out in. Ah. And to keep warm, they decide to burn Rodolfo's, who's the writer's latest script. And so they're just like, oh, a bit of this. Yeah, that'd be good. While enjoying the brief warmth, they are joined by their friends Colleen, who's a philosopher, and Shaunard, Shaunard, who's a musician who brings food, wine, fuel for the fire, and money. Oh, fuel for the fire. More scripts. (laughs) (laughs) So they're, they're four different artists hanging out together. Yes. Very poor in this attic in, in Paris. And uh, Schaunard, the musician, tells them about the eccentric Englishman who's just hired him. However, they take no notice, concentrating instead on the goods that he's brought. <laughs> they don't care about his shitty little story. Sounds pretty typical of artists hanging out. Yeah. 
What have you got for me? <laughs> so they're hanging out in a loft the whole time. I, for some reason, I was imagining the apartment from Friends. Right. Yes. So you can imagine that too, if you like. Yeah, no, I will. Thank you. Uh, Shout out, who's the uh, musician, suggests that they the sell. Joey. Yeah, such a joke. <laughs> no, bro, the Phoebe, the musician, sorry. Yes. Apologies. You're Is there right. an actor one? <laughs> there's no actor, I'm afraid. Mm. But no, there's there's a lot of other things. Uh, there is a paleontologist. <laughs> there is. <laughs> Ross from Friends was a paleontologist. Oh, I get it. I didn't really watch Friends. I did watch The Reunion and that was a bit depressing. Yeah. Oh. There's two types of people in this world, friends guys and Fraser guys. <laughs> <laughs> Star-crossed lovers. <laughs> uh, shout out. The. Who's this? I've now forgotten this. This is no longer the. This is the Phoebe. Suggests they celebrate Christmas by going to the popular Cafe Momus. And while they are enjoying themselves, Benoit, their evil landlord, arri- <laughs> arrives to collect the rent. He's probably not evil, but I just had a gut feeling, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's there to collect the rent from these yeah. poor artists. Poor starving artists like, can't y- pay the rent. You go and, like, I go and see this, I'm picking up every, every you know, 24th word, probably less. Yeah. Like Rosso's red <laughs> in the Red Sea. That would have gone, oh, something red happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and but by the time you realise that, they've said like 15 yeah. other things. Hang on, so... I don't think I'd ever be guessing that they're going, our landlord is here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go to a cafe. <laughs> I think what often, are we watching? If you go and see an opera... Uh, I have they have like a teleprompter going along the bottom of the stage with translations. Do they really? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, right. Not in person. I've never seen an opera, <laughs> but uh, I think that's the thing. So they their landlord's like your money. Where is it? They ply him with drink and get him wasted and give him lots of compliments uh, mm-hmm. till he lets his guard down and starts showing off with sexy stories from his sexy <laughs> life. Okay. About a few women that he's been seeing. But when he reveals that he's married, they make fun of him and throw him out and avoid paying any rent. That's weird. Oh, that is <laughs> I think they're a bit like, hey, it's, I think it's implied. We're not going to pay you because we'll tell your wife. Right. Oh, so they divide okay. the rent money up amongst them for their night out. Well, they had the money. Yeah, this night just got a whole lot better. Yeah, right. As they are leaving for the Cafe Momus, Rodolfo decides to stay behind, he's the writer, and finish an article promising to meet them later. Then, so they all go out. He says, alone writing. Then there's a knock at the door. Who should it be but Mimi, a neighbour whose candle has gone out and needs a light? <laughs> got it's any like, scripts? <laughs> <laughs> this is like the uh, 1890s version of Cup of Sugar. Yeah. Yeah, right. The, the much more modern uh, scenario <laughs> of visiting <laughs> a, a neighbour for a couple yeah, of Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> when I was living in an apartment a couple of years ago, new neighbour moved in. And they came around, you know, they saw us on the stairs, introduced themselves. And I, I went to say, uh, jokingly, if you ever need to come round to borrow a cup of sugar, come on round. But mm-hmm. I just said, if you ever want to come round for some sugar, I pointed <laughs> to the door. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can't explain this. He's gone. Oh, no. Oh, no. He thinks that I was trying to like get him involved in my relationship. <laughs> come round for some sugar. That's very funny. <laughs> Embarrassing. Uh, so Mimi needs a light. Rodolfo invites her in and she faints. What? He revives her with... It's very dramatic. He yes. revives her with some food and wine. The French way, you know? Yes. But then she gets a little awkward and goes to leave but realises she's lost her key. Oh. The candle goes out again. 
And this time, so does Rodolfo's candle. <gasps> now it's completely black Whoa. in the apartment. So they're rummaging around in the dark, looking for the key, looking for a light. He finds the key, but realising that she'll leave as soon as he hands it over, he pockets it and they pretend to keep looking. <laughs> Absolute sly dog. That's mm. weird. <laughs> yeah, this is getting weird. That's all right. During the search for the key, he feels how cold her hand is and offers her to warm it in his. And they sing a song called uh, Che Gelida Menina, which is what a cold little hand. And I actually have uh, a little bit of that song here right now, which is uh, recorded in 1931, so is out of copyright. <laughs> I'm allowed to play it. <laughs> so let's have a listen, just to give you a taste of uh, w- what this scene would sound like. What a cold little hand. <laughs> Rodolfo here. Beautiful. Skip ahead a bit. The hand is heating up. (laughs) At the end, I'm really going for it here. just a little taste there and um you might be wondering how they recorded that well they had to sneak a microphone right into the opera Um, (laughs) because he would have cracked it if he saw it (laughs) (laughs) they don't even let anyone named michael into audiences there no (laughs) just in case i um so that's uh that was sung by beniamino gigli who's regarded as one of the greatest tenors of his generation yeah right i was gonna say sounds like a tenor yeah right okay The uh, yeah the only uh, the, one of the few times I've had any interaction interactions with a um, with a neighbour was when I was also living in an apartment, um, and my neighbour had locked themselves out and they didn't have their key. Ah, oh. uh, so it was this almost this exact scenario. Right, and then did, did you, you say warm? Yeah, what a cold little hand. Um, no, it was it was a bit a bit of an awkward thing because they're like, can we go into your? They were like the next door neighbour, right? So they're like, can we go into your apartment? Go out onto the balcony and climb over Whoa. to their balcony to get in, in, you know, to open their balcony door because they're like our, our sliding doors unlocked. Um, and this was seven stories up, and oh. we were just like, I mean, I don't want to be in a position where you fall off our balcony. Yeah, like, that sounds very dangerous, and I don't want to be a part of it. Goodbye. See. You. Oh, really? Yeah. Gave them the we cold shoulder for not, their cold little hand. Yeah, we did not let them do that. It was a. It was a tough. It wasn't. It was like it wasn't just jumping over a. Small fence that to go out dangling. Well, there was a gap between, yeah. So enough that I didn't feel comfortable. That's yeah. amazing that, um, that they were up for it, though. Yeah, and to a point, I was like, "Well, I mean, if you want to do it, you can." But I just didn't. I just didn't want to be involved in something like yeah. that. Yeah, right. I don't know. Fair you, yeah, they're wearing the risk, but you feel it for the rest of your life. Yeah, I could have stopped them dying. Yeah, yeah, feel yeah. Like I would have definitely let them do that. You would have, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I'm, I and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have even thought about that. I'm like, do you want me to do it? Because <laughs> that way, at least you die. You know, you yeah. Right, <laughs> There's <yeah>. no regret. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I might not be picturing how full on this this leap is. I'm picturing that you could probably. Yeah, I, I can't really remember. But I'm not picturing the you don't really stormy night be, that it was. <laughs> you don't want to leap at. Like, yeah, it's at a leap. Stories up. Yeah, That's... no. I'd, I'm not picturing a leap. I'm Tuesday picturing leaping. a step. Yeah, a leap feels a bit much. <sighs> Unless Tom Cruise is in, 
Hate yeah, was your neighbour Tom Cruise? Uh, no. <laughs> I You'd I remember something like that. I would have remembered, yeah. Um, was so it when he was married to our Nicole? <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense that he might have been down here. Mm, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, hmm. Did they find the... So, so he found the key. Pockets it. He's pocketed, pocketed the key. And then so he slaps the hand and they're having a, having a little moment. Is he it? So he's pocketed it because he, he doesn't want her to go. Is that it? Yeah. And then, the, and then they get chatting. He tells her about his life. He says, who am I? I'm a poet. My business? Writing. Well, okay, I mean, that was sort of implied, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. How do I live? I live. <laughs> I'm a millionaire in spirit. But oh. sometimes my strong box is robbed of all its jewels by two thieves. A pair of pretty eyes. <laughs> and then he goes, that's one of mine. <laughs> Came out with that myself. He also shares his dream with her, and then uh, in turn she tells him that she lives a pretty solitary life as a seamstress, and how she waits for spring and the scent of real flowers, as the ones she sows have none of their own. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rodolfo's mates are out on the street waiting for him, and they call out, and he has to be like, just a sec, I'm with a girl. <laughs> he yells out. Meanwhile, the young lovebirds keep talking and realise they've fallen in love. Whoa. Wow. Mm, yeah. Um, now, it's still pitch black, right? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah it's quite dark. The ugly lights haven't come on yet. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the lights come on. Oh, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I liked you for who you were. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but this, I can't handle this. Uh, Rodolfo suggests remaining at home with Mimi, but she des- she decides to accompany him to the Cafe Momus, and they go out to join their friends. Momo at the Momus. Oh, yeah. They have a great Momo. <laughs> and that's the end of Act 1. Wow. Nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Oh, love. I hey, mean, two uh, people fell in yeah, love. A cold yeah, little yeah. hand. Come on. Yeah, but she saw him when the lights come on later and goes, uh, that's a no-no from Momo. <laughs> <laughs> But there's also a little bit of deception in there. This that, that drama might play out. The pocketed key. Yeah. She finds out. That's that's that. Oh, exactly. exactly. This is in a romantic comedy that does play out in the in the like two thirds of the way through, and uh, she hates him. They split up. Then he's sad and he apologizes. Somehow they get back together every time. Please don't let that happen in this. <laughs> Act two. <laughs> if it was an episode of Frasier, though, they wouldn't get back together. The status quo is that he'd be single, right? Mm. Um, so she would find out about the key thing and then yeah. they break up and they're like, oh, well, with me, I'll never be in a relationship. Yeah, that's why it was a superior show. <laughs> <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey everyone, just Dave here letting you know that this week's episode of BookCheat is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Now, ExpressVPN is not only great because it encrypts your data so you can browse the web securely, but it also lets you change your online location so websites think you're in a different part of the world. Websites like Netflix. Now, did you know that Netflix has different TV shows and movies available depending on where you are in the world? Overall, they have tens of thousands of shows, but you can only get access to a fraction of that depending on your location. 
It's kind of like paying for a gym membership, but only being able to use the treadmill, which is something that I did for a long time because I only knew how to use the treadmill. And I was too embarrassed to ask anyone how the other machines worked. I wish I could have turned to the good people at ExpressVPN during that time. Because when it comes to Netflix, they make things easy. They have almost 100 different server locations, so you can gain access to thousands of new shows. For example, over the last couple of weeks, I've been going on a bit of a Quentin Tarantino binge, but I got up to Pulp Fiction, and uh, it's not on the Australian Netflix. So I fired up the ExpressVPN app, changed my location to within Canada, refreshed Netflix, and suddenly I'm able to watch Pulp Fiction. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. And this works with many other streaming services too, like BBC iPlayer, YouTube, and more. So be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash bookcheat. Don't forget to use my link at expressvpn.com slash bookcheat, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash bookcheat to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. And if you're listening to this at the gym on the treadmill, just go and ask someone how the pull-down machine works. It can't be that complicated, right? All right, back to the show. Uh, Act 2 opens with a great crowd, it says, including children, has gathered with street sellers announcing their wares, and they yell, oranges, dates, hot chestnuts, trinkets, crosses, nougat, whipped cream, fruit pies, ho. <laughs> Jeez. So there's all the... And then, at the end, they've got... What, like farming tools? Yeah, yeah. buy this hoe. (laughs) (laughs) Buy this shovel. Uh, Then all these kids are yelling for things that they like, and then one kid just yells out, I want a spear. Okay. Yeah, Uh which I was like, okay. Kids are a bit troubled. Of asparagus? What? What are you talking about here? (laughs) Uh, The four friends plus Mimi arrive on the scene and start buying things from the sellers. Rodolfo buys Mimi a bonnet. Oh, Mimi. I thought it was Momo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a couple of things I've said did not make sense. <laughs> well, I played along. That's a no-no from Momo. That makes no sense. What was the cafe called? I thought it was, I thought it was yeah, Momo going Momo. to Momo. Yeah, it's a Momo. Momo's cafe. Oh, the Mo- so Mimi oh. going to Momo's. Oh, yeah, I thought okay. you were saying no-no to Momo. I thought that makes sense. Okay, great. The cafe. Yeah, but you that's what I meant. Mimi. <laughs> well, this is confusing. I don't know how anyone follows this. Well, Rodolfo buys Mimi a bonnet while Colin buys a coat. Shownoud buys a horn. Shout out, brown cow. I don't know what's going on. I'm just saying things. <laughs> Do you edit these, Dave? Just, could you turn my mic off for a bit? Well, then they go to the cafe and they order. And in the script, I was showing Matt just before we started recording. It says, uh, call in. And then it says, shouting at the waiter. And then all it says is, sausage. <laughs> it's such a funny thing to read. It's funny because I'm like, well, I don't know what this is about. So that could mean something in context. Yeah. They're ordering it sausage, kind of sausage, yelling at the waiter. Now I get it. Mm. Sausage. Oh, man, that's made me hungry for sausage. <laughs> uh, so this is continuing straight sausage. on from Act 1. Yeah, yeah, straight in. They're in uh, and they go to this cafe after buying a few things on the street. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a great big set behind them. It's a big part of it. Uh, th- so they're in one group and on another table is a woman named Musetta who is Marcello's ex. Oh, Musetta is at the cafe with an older man named Elsindoro, who was a government minister infatuated with his younger, hotter date. But she's obviously over hanging out with this old dude and makes fun of him. She's not into him. Okay. Uh, The nearby people go wild when she sings a risque song called uh, Quando Mien Vo, When I Go Along. 
Uh, this song embarrasses her date and also, as the singer hopes, gets this, the attention of a nearby ex-boyfriend, Marcello. So she starts singing a you know, right. sexy, sexy song, and he's like, what's happening over there? <laughs> uh, but this old dude, Al Sindoro, is still cramping her style, so to get rid of him, Musetta pretends to be suffering from a tight shoe and sends, okay. sends him to the shoemaker to get her shoe mended. I mean... What time of day is this? I thought this was in the evening. In the evening, yeah. And the shoemakers are open? Well, <laughs> doesn't matter because then he's on a weird quest now. Okay. Paris right. was a 24-hour city back then and probably still now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he goes off to get the shoe mended. Elsandora leaves and Musetta and Marcello are now able to be alone and they fall into each other's arms. Uh-huh. Hmm? That's beautiful. Beautiful stuff. Uh, the friends get the bill at the cafe, but Shaunard, the musician, has lost their wallet. Ooh. Classic Shaunard when there's a round, his round at the bar. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Musetta... Is it in Marcello's pocket? Or... Yeah, where is he? He's been pocketing everything. <laughs> so Musetta pulls a fast one. That's the girl who started, who's uh, been hanging out with this old guy. She cheekily gets the whole bill charged to her older lover, Elsandoro, and when he gets back with his shoe, he finds everyone has gone and that he's left with a massive bill. Oh, that's real sad. Is that played for laughs in the opera? and then he faints into into his chair. A bit like, Aruga! Falls down. (laughs) End of act two. He's misused Aruga there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, okay. Poor guy. Yeah, that sucks. That's really sad. But I think it's meant it's played up to be like, who cares about this old guy? Yeah, I guess he's yeah. That's that's punching up, right? That's he's dis- a he's a disappointing. He's a government <laughs> minister. He's you know no one likes him, right? Mm. Matt, uh, I think Matt's a fan. He's like the enemy of the Bohemian. I assume. Yeah, he's, he's the like, man. Yeah, he's the man, man. Yeah. yeah, he sounds like the man, and they sound like assholes. <laughs> hey, you're the man, old man. Oh, Aruga. I've never heard a sad Aruga before. <laughs> but also, he was he was cheating on his wife? Oh, okay. Was he? I missed that. Maybe. Bit. I don't know. We don't know. It was, know. He, it was, was sure. with a younger woman. Yeah, they were the younger woman. Okay. He's just happy to be seen with this this hot young thing, and right. she's she's happy to spend his money, basically. Yeah, sure. But she's bored of him, so she's going back to Marcello. Uh, a couple of months later, Act 3 happens in late February. Uh, Mimi... Comes in search of Marcello. So Mimi was the girl who lost her key. The candle went out. Mm. Who's, and uh, Marcello's now moved in and is living with Musetta. So they've got back together. That's one couple. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, they're living in a little tavern where he paints signs for the innkeeper. It's a sign writer. Oh. Mimi is overcome with... Is a co- full-time job? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for, right. one for one innkeeper? <laughs> How many signs do you need? All right. That's fine. Ongoing contract. Yeah. they were, The paint wears very quickly back then. So <laughs> there's three signs. Once he's finished work on the third, he's got to go back to the Start first again. again. <laughs> uh, Mimi, Mimi is overcome with coughing when she arrives. She's coughing a lot. Uh, Tight shoe. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> Can't get her off. <laughs> Mimi pours her heart out to Marcello, telling him how Rodolfo, who was the guy she was dating, walked out on her last night and how he's making her life miserable through his incessant jealousy. Mm. She asks Marcello to help her break it off. She then hides away when Rodolfo comes in and uh, Rodolfo actually tells Marcello that he wants to leave Mimi. So that sounds good. Great. She wanted to break up with oh, him. right. Yeah. And initially he gives the reason that it's because she's a, she's a real flirt and that he's jealous of her. But then Marcello digs a bit deeper and Rodolfo confesses that the real reason he wants to leave is that Mimi is dying. Oh. oh. And her overhearing this, she doesn't know. 
<laughs> this is the script. She doesn't what? know she's dying. Rodolfo says, Mimi is so very ill. Every day she grows weaker. The poor little thing is doomed. Marcello says, Mimi? And Mimi says aside, what does he mean? <laughs> and Rodolfo says, a terrible cough shakes her weak frame. Her pale cheeks are flushed. Marcello says, poor Mimi. And then Mimi says again alone, alas, must I die? Oh. So she doesn't, oh. he doesn't. What so a way she, to find out. So she's discovered that he's discovered that she's dying and hasn't told her. And Rodolfo wants to break it off because he's consumed with guilt as he thinks he may have brought on her condition through his poverty and inability to provide for her. Right, okay. Rodolfo hears her cry out and he rushes over to where she's been hiding and they reluctantly say goodbye. So they go their separate ways. What? So, okay. Okay. He's breaking up with her because she's dying. That's pretty callous. Right? But you were saying he was blaming himself because he can't afford to... Yeah, that doesn't... Mm, but then... doesn't sound... That doesn't say, add up, does it? Marcello no. returns inside as he hears a commotion ca- caused by his girlfriend, Musetta. She flies out in a rage, followed by Marcello shouting insults at her for being too flirtatious. So now they've broken up as well. Oh. There was a, a brief uh, reunification. Right. But then... Mimi, the one who's sick, and Rodolfo reaffirm their love for each other and decide to compromise and stay together until spring. Okay. If she lives that long. Exactly, Evan. Good compromise. Oh. <laughs> so that act is all that act is all over the place. Mimi and Rodolfo break up and reunite. Also, she finds out that she's dying. Somehow he knows when she didn't. And Marcello yeah. and Musetta have a massive fight. Maybe she should see a doctor. Yeah, rather than just Taking the yeah. diagnosis from, you know, eavesdropping. Yeah. yeah, he's heard her cough and he's like, oh, the end of she must be dying. At least eavesdrop on a real doctor. Yeah. <laughs> act four is the final act. Back in the garret. Back in the... Like not much has happened yet. Well, act four. Yeah, but it's yeah. all like padded out with singing. <laughs> That's the thing. I did read that uh, singing these operas takes about four times as long. As, right. as dialogue. So that's why libretto means little book, because they don't actually sing that much. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not much happens. <laughs> uh, so they're back in the friend's pad up in the garret. Yeah. Some months later, Marcello is back living with Rodolfo, so the boys are back hanging out. Boys are back in town. Uh, the two friends try to work out, they try to work on their own projects, but are distracted and depressed by the absence of their lovers, who have left them now and have found their own wealthy lovers. Oh. So the two girls have gone off with other guys. Rodolfo has seen Musetta in a fine carriage and Marcello has seen Mimi dressed like a queen. Meanwhile, they are dirt poor and when Shaunaud and Colleen arrive bearing very meagre supplies for dinner, they have to have a mock banquet. They start miming, being like, oh, I've got lots of food over here. Bangarang. <laughs> <laughs> this hook. <laughs> they make the best of a bad situation and create their own entertainment for the evening. Which uh, ends with Shanout and Colleen engaging in a mock duel, and just as their fun is getting out of hand, as they start to beat the shit out of each other, Musetta bursts in. Mimi is also with her, and she is close to death. Oh, she's not looking well. She's not the one who was looking like a queen. Well, she was looking for like oh. a queen for a while, but her illness has caught up with her. Right, a dying mm. queen. <laughs> Even queens die. It's true. I hadn't thought about it like that. Rodolfo helps her in and settles her on the bed. Musetta tells the friends how Mimi had left her rich lover and wanted to be brought back to the garret to die. Oh. 
Um, Musetta and Marcello leave in order to sell Musetta's earrings to buy some medicine for us, or at least they're going to get some medicine this time. Okay. And everyone leaves the two lovers alone. So now we've got Mimi on the bed, Rodolfo caring for her. Mimi and Rodolfo reaffirm their love for each other and reminisce about the time when they were first together. To Mimi's delight, Rodolfo presents her with the pink bonnet that he bought her oh. just on Christmas Eve, which he's kept as a souvenir of their love. Does he wear uh, it? <laughs> yeah, he puts it on. <laughs> Look, it looks great on me. <laughs> it's kind of more of a gift for you, yeah. isn't it, Rodolfo? <laughs> yeah. Do you reckon you could leave it to me in your will? Or? Uh, their friends return. Musetta gives Mimi something to keep her hands warm that they call a muff. Okay. They keep right. referring to the muff. Yeah. You guys, you guys used muffs before for warmth. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> surely the big hands of Rodolfo. Yeah, did the job. surely it's just the hands that, that that's how they originally fell fell exactly. Involved, right? Let's just come back. To what that. a cold little hand! But now it's even colder than ever. Okay, it needs a muff. <laughs> yeah, it needs a muff. <laughs> this right. muffless hand. It's not a muff. Uh, maybe gently thanks Rodolfo for the muff, which she believes is a present from him, even though the others actually brought it. Uh. He's like. No worries. <laughs> no worries. No worries. No worries, yeah. Re- reassuring him that she's better, she falls asleep. Shao-Nailed then notices that Mimi has quietly passed away. Oh, so, oh, so he was right. Yeah, Rodolfo says, see, she's quite peaceful. Then noticing Marcello and Shao-Nailed's air of constraint. What's the meaning of all this coming and going? Why are you looking at me like that? And Marcello says... Be brave. And Rodolfo, rushing to the bed, says, Mimi, Mimi. Then the curtain falls, and that is the end of the opera. Oh, no. Okay. So we presume he gets to keep the bonnet. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it's a happy ending. Yeah, and the muff. He can have the muff. Yeah, he gets to keep the the muff. Everything. Um, Wow. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, operas are often sad, aren't they? Yeah, sadly. So just there was a time where people felt entertained by sadness. Yeah, but if you sing it loud enough. I think it was because at the time everyone was so happy in life. They're like, we need a little escape. Now we <laughs> yeah. want an escape with like a comedy or some action or something. But back then life was so good. They <laughs> escaped with sadness. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, what do you well, think, Evan? I don't know. I Look, that's that's... Not that exciting a story to me, to be honest. It just, it's, I mean, there's drama there. Yeah, why is it famous? Is it famous because the songs are catchy? Yeah, some of the songs are very famous, yeah, especially in the operatic world. And you can listen to a bunch of them. Uh, The uh, royalty-free ones are up on the Labo and Wikipedia page, a lot of them. So that's what I was streaming the one from before. If you want to check it out, they're in the public domain. Hmm. What would the most famous one be? Uh, what the one I was singing? What a cold little hand is a is a, is a famous one. Yeah, I knew that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. So that'd be the one that I'd know the most because I know it a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I reckon that would be the one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. That was cool. Cool to hear that how, again. How long would that opera be? Like, what would if you're going to see that opera in a in a theatre? Uh, how long? I'm not sure how long. Yeah, is it the kind of one you have to stop for a break in the middle like they do in those sort of oh, things? Oh, certainly would. Yeah. Uh, Laboem running time here. It says approximate running time. I'm looking for one from the Royal Opera House in the UK. It might have a, might have it here. Uh, act 1, 35 minutes. Act 2, 20 minutes. Then you, so that's f- just under an hour. Then you have a 30-minute yep. interval. 
Uh-huh. Then Act 3, 25, Act 4, 30. So it's basically two hour long halves with a 30 minute break in the middle. Okay. Can you get a ticket to just the first half? Because <laughs> I'd probably have to leave at half. You've half. had enough? I've, no, I mean, I've, I've, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Why you know, I, you'd leave happier probably. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, there's love. Yep. Every, no one's died. <laughs> that old man was made of fool. Uh, yep, yeah. There's For seemingly no reason, there. but maybe there's a bit of maybe there's a bit more explanation in the on the day. Maybe you can tell in his face that he's an asshole. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking up the four biggest songs to hear in La Boheme by Opera Australia when they did it in January 2019, and they had uh, uh, "What an Icy Little Hand." They've translated it as that's the one I talked oh, about. Right. Then. Uh, Quando me and Vo, When I Go Along. That's the one when Musette oh, is at the cafe, song. the sexy song. Yeah. Uh, the other one they said. When I Go Along, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, see, Mikiyamo Mimi. Yes, my name is Mimi. Ah, so that's some, <laughs> that's some Italian I know. Mikiyamo Matthew. Yes. Comete Kami. Davide. Comete Kami. He said Mikiyamo Evan. Mikiyamo Evan. Ah. Beautiful. Beautiful language. Ah, Buena Vista. Buena Vista. <laughs> Is Mimi a common opera name? Because uh, they go, Mimi. Mimi, Mimi, Mimi. That is a great joke, Evan. I like it a lot. Uh, and then the other one that they say is, uh, Oh, Sweet Little Lady, which is as Mimi is bathed in moonlight as she stands in Rodolfo's apartment. The two realize they're in love at the end of Act One. That's another famous one, apparently. Oh, right. right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, check them out. I th- yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is very difficult to do. I, we usually score it out of five at the end, and I know I've only basically <laughs> I've given you half of what this is because a lot the famous part is the music, which you haven't really heard much of. But mm. let's maybe we can score the libretto out of okay. five. Okay, okay. Um, I'll give it, what a uh, can I give it a two point two point three? A two point three out of five, fantastic from Matt. I'm going to give it a two out of five. Um. Yeah, I, I didn't find it super compelling. No, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm with you. And but honestly, if I if I now have the opportunity to see Lava Wham the Opera, I will go and see it just because I'd like to see what it, all the fuss yeah, is no, about. Yeah, no, and I think it would probably help to know what the story is. Yeah, going into it. I think having yeah, actually, this experience, yeah. I'd I'm, I'd be keen to go along with you too. Well, let's get tickets. Yeah. Um. Yes. Hopefully, we'll be touring soon. Yes, we can bring our opera pieces. I also have no idea. I assume this is something I can't afford to go to as well. So <laughs> Probably. If somehow you can get uh, me in. <laughs> All right, I'll get you a uh, get you a cheeky little pass there. I'm sure I can. It's going to be. Hey, like, guys, I'm from, a, I'm from a book podcast. Let me in. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I reckon that I would go along just to see what it is about. And it is one of the most performed. Puccini's ones um, are very widely performed still. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard of it, which is, you know, that exactly. tells you something because I'm not, not really in the opera world. And you world. want to know something, Evan? I do. I picked this one because I Googled famous operas and it was the first one that came up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, all right. I'm, and I found that I could find the libretto in English and I just gave it a read. Great. Nice. Uh, I'm also going to give it a two out of five, but I am willing to up that score when I see the Yeah, the I feel like you fall. need to see it. You need I to know. see it perform. You need so to see the characters. You need to you need to hit, feel the passion of, of yeah. the performances yeah, that's right. to really feel that yes. the emotional uh, moment when when um, when they find out that Mimi has passed away. That's uh, Yes, you want to feel that. You want to see the tears dripping down his face as he's singing Mimi. <laughs> and then the curtain falls and everyone does a standing ovation. I'm sure I'll be there crying, clapping, whooping, and we get a, them ch- all. a chock top at the yeah. intermission. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. So, yes, if you are a big opera fan... Um, um, I was, you know, try, trying something new here, but <laughs> it is 
uh, hopefully I haven't offended anyone <laughs> by giving it such a low score. Yeah, but, well, I think you've read an opera. You know, it's like yeah, uh, it's like uh, <laughs> it's like if you were giving a score from someone describing a painting. Right. Uh, there's, it's like a mountain, <laughs> and uh, it's sort of there's green bits in the foreground. It's kind of quite a nice bit at the back. Uh, this old guy is being made fun of by a young woman. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I, right. It sounds pretty dull. I, I can see what you mean. I think that's a good a good uh, comparison. But then, having said that, I've never felt guilty on this show before doing a play where you are reading it off the mm, page. Yeah, it's an, yeah, but there's just more story there. Yeah, it's less about the music, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Because it's not a musical, but um, <laughs> but yeah, still it was. Uh, I found it interesting to read and to research a bit. Even the stuff where I didn't really know all those operatic terms and things. So that was, yeah, I found it interesting at least. Yeah, you've opened my eyes. To Great! Opera. I can't wait to, for the three of us to go on a date to the opera one day. Oh, it's going to be fun. Can <laughs> we go out for Italian beforehand? Oh, of course. Oh, that'd be great. I insist. My favourite ever date. <laughs> I don't know what this says about me, but my favourite ever date was with Dave uh, having Italian up in Sydney a few years ago. Oh, That's beautiful. Nice. Good time. And then we went out for a dessert. Oh, oh it was the best. I, can't, I count all of that as part of the date. Yeah, yeah. We went. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry, but it was just the second part of the date. We took it on the road. Mm. We went to an, uh, an ice cream parlour and sat down and had a... Extravagant Sunday. ice creams. <laughs> Nighttime Sunday. That sounds lovely. It was delightful. It was good fun. So thank you very much for joining me uh, on uh, this week's edition of Opera Cheat. <laughs> of course, we can hear all three of us on Primates yes. talking about The Wizard of Oz and the monkeys in The Wizard of Oz. Yes, it's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> What's that thing you say? Uh, uh, um there's no place like comb. Like comb. That, yeah, when you're doing like a hair-based joke. Yeah. That is if I look I look forward to re-listening to that again. There's no place like comb. Well, that really made me laugh a lot. I don't know if it's clear. We we're about to record that episode. But look forward to Evan somehow <laughs> trying shoehorning. shoehorning in the phrase, there's the no place like comb. <laughs> Maybe it's a, it's a bee speaking. Talking a about bee? honeycomb. Oh, like honeycomb. Okay, yep. Gotcha. Um... Well, we'll see. Well, you see if I'm, you can get I'm, that I'm keen to see how that plays out. Oh. I'll uh, re-remember, obviously, how, how that plays yeah. out. Uh, Evan, we can, of course, <laughs> watch you in three dimensions uh, on your gamey, gamey game show on well, the Stupid Old Channel. No, it is still two dimensions. Oh. <laughs> well, if you're in the studio. <laughs> if you're physically there or... I was thinking that maybe we'd be able to taste you somehow. <laughs> the third day. You can third smell day. me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> smell a vision mm. <laughs> Um, well, we can watch you uh, in <laughs> in two dimensions, but if you look really close, you can trick yourself into thinking you're there. Yeah, yeah, sort of squints. Yeah, uh, <laughs> is, that, is that depth? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, you can just go to YouTube and, and look up Gamey Game. Uh, the, the, the episode that is at, at time of recording, the latest episode, um, has the, uh, the, the, the comedy power couple Mark Bonanno from Money Donna and, uh, and Naomi Higgins, who's a Gamey Game regular, um, they're at the desk, and then um, Ben Russell joins in uh, remotely because he's in 14-day quarantine. He's just come back from uh, Sydney where there was something of a COVID outbreak, so he's he's in quarantine. But he sort of remotes in, and he's, he's uh, on, the, on the big screen there. It's very, very fun. It's a very fun episode. Fantastic. So I'll put out. a link in the description of this episode Thank for that. You. Of course, Prime Answers, we already talked about, Matt, but your other podcast, Listen Now, and listen, also... Listen Now, yeah. Do go on. Do go on. Oh, yeah, do go on. So we did uh, The Wizard of Oz this week. Uh, yeah, tomorrow there's a new episode coming out that you did a report on, Dave, which was... Fantastic. Yeah, had everything. 
all the glitz and glamour. Yeah, and really, the, really good app. And the mystery. And Matt, you are also out on the road doing some stand-up around Australia. That's right, yeah. It'd be great if people want to see me. I'm taping my stand-up. Evan's helping film it downstairs yeah. here at the studio um, on the 29th of July. You can get tickets at mattstuartcomedy.com. There's two sessions, uh, 6.30 and 8.30, so something for everyone. That's right. Oh. <laughs> I'm also going to be doing stand-up in Adelaide, same show, I think, on the 15th of July which is soon and um, assuming I can get over there which I can definitely buy tickets with full confidence (laughs) Uh, and there's a Perth date I don't know if it'll be announced by the time this comes out but you'll see it on mattstewartcomedy.com and the Brisbane one sold out sorry about that but just know that if you're in Brisbane you might see Matt wandering the streets yeah I love Brisbane can't wait to get and the fact that they've sold out the show makes me love them even more that's so awesome make me love you too Adelaide and Perth (laughs) and Melbourne (laughs) Uh, I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another book cheat episode. I'm going back to novels for the next episode. The novelty's oh. worn off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if there are any other art forms you would like me to get into or you'd just like to suggest a book or a play or whatever, you can uh, find the link in the description of this episode and you can tell me why I should do it. No one has suggested La Boheme, but um, if there are any operas that you want me to cover later on, if you've got a favourite opera, let me know. There's a little uh, form that you fill out <laughs> and I'll give you a shout-out later on. Uh, thank you so much for listening and until next time, I will say... <gasps> Books Book forever! forever. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Woo. Love it. That's the only guest who ever joins in, so thank you. <laughs>